Well, Happy New Year, everybody. This is Jared Mallott with Respect the Midrange. This is going to be Episode 3. And here we are uh, on New Year's Day, uh, right before the day games get started. Um, so in case you live under a rock, the NBA season is underway. And uh, I'm happy to eat a little bit of crow, so up front, I wanted to talk about my Indiana Pacers. As I've said before, um, born in Dayton, Ohio, uh, became a cognizant little person uh, outside of Chicago, Illinois, uh, and then spent most of late elementary, middle, and high school in Mooresville, Indiana, outside of Indianapolis. So I would call myself a Pacers fan. I do still live in Indianapolis and have a lot of friends that work downtown. Uh, whose lives and livelihoods depend on the Colts and Pacers putting out a good product. Um, obviously, the pandemic's had a big negative impact on that, and here with this vaccine, um, hope you know that rollout goes smoothly and everybody's able to um, s- somehow return to some semblance of normalcy. I just have my doubts. Um, the Pacers, who I said, hey, I don't know if they did enough. Um, I, you know, I do think they've got a good club, um, but unless some guys make some huge strides, I have a feeling they're going to come up short. And I'm sort of happy to say that Demonis Sabonis has improved greatly, added a three-pointer to his repertoire. Uh, at this point, f- uh, five games into the season, he's seven for 13. He was two for two from three last game. Uh, and he's basically become a triple-double machine and a threat to score 30 every night. Now, that's the kind of player that can win you a world title. A guy that passes the ball well, handles the ball well, can shoot the three, and can score at will when his three isn't falling. Um, that hits his free throws. He's just a great example, and, and he's a big boy. Um, so Demonis Sabonis, of course, having a great start to his season, and we've seen improved play from him. And then the other things that I talked about that had to happen for the Pacers, for them, for them to become a stalwart in the Eastern Conference, they got to get improved play out of Victor Oladipo. Well, I'm happy to tell you that Victor Oladipo is averaging like 23 points, uh, six rebounds, six assists. He's making steals, great passes. He's a very smart player. He's, he reminds me of like a like a like a thief, like a ranger thief. If you want to think about like Dungeons and Dragons or something, or maybe like a, an RPG you've played, um, in that he can shoot the long range three. He can certainly finish inside. He's stealthy and stealthy, athletic. Um, but then he makes these sweet passes and sweet steals. Get a, a steal so clean that the Pacers challenged it when they caught called for a foul, and they reversed the call. Um, so, like I said, I, I said these things up front. You, somebody's got to step up and become the guy. Whether it's T.J. Warren, who's now out and going to have to have uh, mid-foot uh, surgery. Um, so, uh, one of the things I point out is I one of the reasons that I'm taken up coaching and didn't pursue an athletic career frankly is I kept getting injured um, throughout my athletic career uh, that didn't start until I was a sophomore in high school so as I've told you before I, I played basketball as one of my primary sports my whole life and I broke my ankle my sophomore year of high school and ended up wrestling while I went through recovery um, mostly because I was on a mat right you're not going to really hurt your ankles 
on soft stuff as much as you would pound it on a on a hard hard court. Um, and then I got hurt when I was in the Marine Corps. I hurt my right shoulder. Fortunately, I'm left-handed, right? Um, and then many moons later, I got hurt playing softball. Actually, it took me out of uh, recreational sports. For, uh, I haven't really played since. I'm just kind of, sort of getting back into it. Uh, so I've been pretty beat up, if you really think about it. Left an- uh, my right ankle, my r- left shin, and my right shoulder uh, playing sports, uh, doing the things I love, right? Um and I had my share getting banged up playing football, but like I said, basketball is always always the sport I I love the most. Um, but one of the things I I had said early on in, in earlier episodes is in order for the Pacers to be competitive, particularly in the Eastern Conference, you got to have a guy that can counter, uh, uh you know, for, you know, for example, the Boston Celtics with like a Jalen Brown. Okay, that's a kid that can score 50 points in your head inside outside plays both ways tough as nails and he's not even like the guy right that's a jason tatum led team right but now back to the pacers so i said somebody gonna have to step up demonis Sabonis. you're gonna have to see improved play out of victor oladipo check everybody else has been playing well tj warren going down for a little while is gonna bother them but ultimately he'll be back to the playoffs and he's a sweet scorer he can really get it done a lot of ways helpful to a team can certainly go off I do not believe that he's a 30-a-night guy, um, but he did show that he can really play. Um, the guys like McDermott the, from the bench, I said we're going to have to play your Aaron Holiday, so I told you I had a sweet stroke. When, just when I was playing 2K, I was like, man, he can really shoot the three. He's quick and he's tough. Like What happens? He starts for them now. Now, um, of course, you got to get them all humming and working together, shooting well, and the the good thing is that the Colts or the Pacers are unselfish, um, so you're gonna get a guys shooting a lot of open shots, which means they're gonna shoot a good percentage. Um, they're gonna win a lot of games going away, um, with with some exceptions. With the exception to the Boston game that they lost, um, the Pacers have have been in well in hand every game, and they were up 15 in the Boston game they lost, and I swear, from about five minutes left in the third quarter they didn't call a foul on Boston and they were down 15 came all the way back and then I swear the whistle didn't start blowing again until it was a tie ball game and they keep replaying it on TV on NBA TV and I keep I've seen it two or three times and it goes down it's not like they can change it um, and again I, I bellyache about officiating a lot um, but that's just because I want it to not be such a negative part of a, a, a game that I watch Right. Um, as much as I want to get into coaching, um, my biggest thing is know all the rules. Right. So um, as I get into coaching, I, I went, you know, to the guy that, that asked me to come work for him. His name is Eric. And I said, hey, what are the what are rules? Oh, we're doing NFL rules. OK, cool. So this will help me uh, acclimate myself to coaching uh, recreational football. Uh, 18 and over. These are the guys that didn't get to go to college and play. Um, so certainly got, got some talent to coach, and we're looking forward to help, trying to help a team get over the hump. They basically have been to the championship game of the round prior each of the last two years, and then the head coach has a league championship under his belt from about seven years ago. Um, so it's not that he can't coach. He can definitely get them to the promised land, um, and I'm going to try to help him uh, I'm going to work with the quarterback and the offense to tighten some things up. 
they need to be more consistent and they certainly need help in the red zone so when they're trying to score touchdowns uh, and I'm gonna read up on that and try to present them with the clearest and most present danger you know what I mean what what, what can we do to help so I want to put you up on that so I am going back to school I'm gonna get a degree uh, um, I have a degree already so I should only have about a year left of school um, but I'm gonna go back I'm going to get a degree in physical education and health so that I can be a gym teacher, har har, um, with the intent of being a, a basketball and football coach. And I'm a firm believer in that you have to set your goals stupid high um, because you're very likely to fall short of your goals. And if you were to get, you know, it's like aim for Jupiter and what, what if you land on the moon and it's like, well, you're still on the moon, right? So... Uh, I want to be an NBA and NFL head coach at the same time. That's my goal. Um, I don't, of course, want to settle for being like a volunteer coach uh, for both. Um, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I want uh, paid positions. And it's mostly because um, managing people during a stressful time is kind of part of my MO, right? Um, putting people organizing people, uh, putting people together to work towards a common goal. Um, I can highlight things outside of work um, that, you know, that's part of my life. Um, it's certainly something I want to I wanna do is I want to win. I want to teach people how to win. I want to teach people how to work smarter, not harder. Um, I want to teach, you know, parents how to relax and let your kids uh, you know, work if they want to, ultimately, right? And if, it, ultimately, if your kids don't do the work, you'll find out come game day um, because I'll expect that they've done the work. They'll show me otherwise, right? So this does pertain to basketball because I intend to coach basketball. It just so happens that when I put it out into the universe what my plans were, immediately somebody contacted me that I have worked with uh, and said, hey, I feel like you could help coach quarterbacks and coach our offense and help us win championships. And if somebody that's a winner reaches out to you and says, I feel like you can get me over the hump, that's a really nice nice thing for someone to do. It puts a lot of pressure on me to to stand out and to make a difference. So I've been, you better believe, I've been reading up. I've been, you know... I try to watch things that are relevant. I try to listen to people that I consider subject matter experts in similar fields. Um, and ultimately, um, it's about personnel management. So as much as people are like, oh man, that's kind of a, a strange undertaking, right? An adult recreational football league um, that doesn't even start until June. Uh, and our first practice is in a couple weeks. Um, so we've got a ton of time to pre prepare. Um, a lot of it will be mental preparation and away from each other preparation because of COVID and also because we just practice once a week. Um, so a lot of it will be kind of self-upkeep. Um, so I'm going to offer to, hey, I'll help you with your nutrition plan. My wife and I do uh, meal prep. Um, I'll help you with your workout plans. My wife and I both, ha I've lo I lost 100 pounds in 90 days to join the Marine Corps Infantry. And then I'm 6'3", 200 plus pounds and was in the Marine Corps Infantry, right, for a couple years, right? You don't get, you don't typically last a while in the, in the military if you're not in really good shape is what I was getting at. 
and then my wife uh, has lost like half her body weight or more over her life um, so she was upwards of over 400 pounds she's down under 200 pounds um, and we've done that with diet and exercise and if I can help a group of adults that missed out playing college football what's the number one and two ways you can do that right probably their diet probably their exercise plan and then beyond that um, control what you can control right and this all applies to basketball too right I didn't I haven't said a word about football I just said I got offered a football coaching job right and then I'm telling you this is what I'm gonna talk about I'll help you with your health your nutrition plan I'll help you with your exercise plan I'm not charging you for it all I want you to do is come tell me when it works right tell me when you feel it um, if you if you want um, if you need someone to talk to um, I'll help you if you need someone to help you with a resume to help you get a day job um, I'll help you um, I can't help you move I could probably find you help you find a place to live right um, but mostly I just want to be uh, useful to you um, because I feel like a lot of coaches um, they talk about their sport and then they don't care about anything else and that just that's a job to me that's a second job right but if you really care about something you gotta go into it saying like hey uh, really on game day I'm gonna be in a headset talking to the quarterback and then I'll probably talk to the offense when they're not on the field um, but I'm not like a yeller I'm not like a real loud guy because I have a dumb sounding voice the louder it gets um, so I figure I'll try to address everybody up front and say here here's what I'm offering I'll help you with your your nutrition and your workout um, and I've got something that everybody can do that is a no contact drill um, that you could be doing on your own time that over time you'll come back to me and tell me what, I, what do you want me to do now this is really working out for me um, and I really think that you can win a lot and this is things I want on wax so there's a reason to say it on this podcast I said it on my football podcast afternoon pancakes but you can win a lot of games with speed and athleticism and conditioning and conditioning is one of the things I think has gone by the wayside in sports as uh, when I was a little kid uh, we got our butts kicked every day in practice and I went home tired and before I was done playing sports we were moving toward exerting less energy in practice and there are a lot of differing theories on this um, but here's my theory and again it applies to basketball too and this is the way I will coach players. So I can't wait to get into coaching because you want your kid to play for me. I'm going to get the best out of them. Because the most important thing in your whole life, think about it. What's the most important thing? Your diet and exercise, right? We live in a country that doesn't have universal health care. If you develop health, major health problems as a result of a bad diet and bad exercise plan it's going to take you out of the game so at a young age high by high school level especially like a 30 something guy I'm not an old man 
so I should still be able to run with these kids, right? I'm going to have to work myself back into shape to be able to do this. So, I, hey, I got a good year to get my shit together, right? But speed kills. Teams that play their game win more games. So when I was in high school, and this is totally an indictment of, of the programs I came up in, okay? And let me say it f more fair. When I was in elementary school, when I used to go watch Naperville North, if you want to look up their sports programs in the 90s, they won like state every year. Not And it wasn't a private school, it was a public school. It was just in a really wealthy area, uh, a very diverse and wealthy community. Um, the practices for Naperville North's football team, it felt like a game day. There were fans. They were on the field. They played a game. There were two different sets of uniforms. Like, that's what their practices were. When I came up playing football, we did things on the track. We were on, we played this game called Pioneer Games. We weren't actually allowed to practice on our football field until the walkthrough on Thursday. And I get it to try to like pre preserve the field. They put a ton of money in the track that went around the, and no money in a, and put it on a turf field. We were natural grass, right? So my football program in high school was run by Neanderthals with limited education. I felt, I feel like our, for example, the workout plans that were given to us when I was in high school. Keep in mind, the internet wasn't quite a thing yet. Like, it existed, but, like, we were in early 9802. The best you could do was, like, a men's health magazine, right? Well, all the workouts that my head coach of my football team gave to us to do were the same workouts for everyone, regardless of position. There weren't workouts for wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, linemen, right? There weren't. There was just one pyramid workout system. Here's what you do right down to your weight. Right, and I get it. The pyramid in general, when you're young and just developing a workout, a healthy workout system. Here's the problem: it was now looking back on it as someone that's gotten into health and nutrition, somebody that's done it a lot. It, the workout is way too long. There are way too many reps, way too many. You're gassing out your kids. You wonder, and and furthermore, <clears throat> you shouldn't be doing like a full body lift every three days, and or every two days. That's that's not good. That's not healthy. We did that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we're supposed to come in on the weekend and lift. Um, my school did not have great athletes in terms of speed. And we didn't develop them either. We didn't even take guys that were pretty fast and try to get them to be really fast. We we accepted people for what they brought to the table. I, I was one of those guys. It was pretty fast. But nobody ever came to me and said, hey, you know, you're 6'3", 200 plus pounds, you got great hands, you move well. Uh, you could be a wide receiver if you were faster. If you could just work on your 40 time and get it down from, I think I ran like a 4.78 or something like that. If you could just get that 40 time down to like 4.58, uh, a Division One program would have given me a scholarship and I guarantee you they can get another, they can squeeze another tenth out of you. I don't know, that's a 448, right? And I promise you, it, it was attainable. It was something I could have done. It's something I could have trained for. 
if I'd have known I could have gotten there, right? But again, I my football program was run by football players, right? Guys that had TBIs and nobody ever didn't tell nobody. And then, you know, 25 years later, you're zoning out in the middle of a game that we're winning and you let us lose, right? Because you didn't use your timeouts effectively and so shit like that. Real For real happened, right? Um, and I mean no disrespect, I'm also being goofball. Um, but the reality is, like, you need coaches that care more about people than they do about the game right and that's my number one quality is that really I you know I get more sad when I when someone I care about or like let's say I watch the Colts and Pacers right just for an example I watch everybody but let's just say for example and you know one of the Colts gets hurt I care more about the player that got hurt than I do about the outcome of the game that makes you a great coach and teacher, right? Because you care more about the person than their grade, right? Um, and especially with all the things that we've kind of been through collectively in the last four years, five years, basically. Um, you need someone like me to step forward that's like, listen, hey, I'm, I'm a person who has given my life largely in service that's willing to return to that form to go back to school, but my goals are lofty, right? Um, because I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do work at a high school level forever, right? I don't even want to be affiliated with a college forever, right? But an NBA team or NFL team, I'd love to. Um, I really love the data aspect. And I think you're starting to see it pour more into sports. Um, and that's one of the reasons I just wanted to start my show highlighting the Pacers and talking about how I want to be a coach is because Rex Bjorkren, about seven years ago, was not a coach at all. And uh, through being, uh, first of all, a great networker, clearly, um, he's gone from not a coach to a head coach in the NBA. As someone who kind of took the sport, the, these sports seriously um, for over a decade of my life, um, and now I'm going to go back to school and get a degree with a minor in coaching, and then I want to get another minor in data science. Um, I started th- these podcasts as as one, as my love for the game in words. Uh, and I want you know I want to show you you know I don't I don't just sit and watch. Um, I think I took a picture of it, but I'll take a picture of it again, post it. Uh, I'll post it on social media. This is the basketball. Um, I watched Yeah, and and so I'll, I've shown it here on social media. I'll read it here. But yeah, so after our episode, I watched The Doctor on NBA TV. And then on Christmas Day, I watched Warriors Heat and Mavs Lakers and Clippers Nuggets. The day after Christmas, I watched 76ers and Knicks. And then Portland and Houston played. So Blazers... Um, Rockets, and then Sunday I watched the Colts, Texans, and then Pacers, Celtics, 
And then on Monday, I watched Nets, Grizzlies, Lakers, Blazers, and of course, Monday Night Football. Uh, Tuesday, I watched Celtics, Pacers, Nuggets, Kings. Wednesday, I watched Grizzlies, Celtics, Blazers, Clippers. Uh, and then last night, I watched Cavs, pa- or yesterday, I watched Cavs, Pacers, Kings, Rockets, Jazz, Suns. Um, so, you know, it ain't just watching the, the Pacers. Um, trying to make sure. Uh, that I hit as many of the teams as I can, particularly the teams that I'd called out as sort of my favorites, right? You want to confirm your suspicions um, based on the the information that I'd taken in. Um, I'd kind of said the Clippers could overtake the Lakers. I'd said, you know, let's discount, you know, the shade I threw at the Pacers, right? That was more of I was kind of agitated at that point that the Pacers hadn't made any really big off-season moves. Now I have concerns because, obviously, T.J. Warren's going to be out for a while. That said, though, the Colts are deep. They do have a good roster, uh, and I really think Rex is, is the, a good person to help them get through uh, going out some games without a great scorer like T.J. Warren, who, I said, can literally put it in from anywhere. That's He's a magician. Um I, I, I'm wrong about the Orlando Magic. I said they were paper mache. You know, I, obviously not. They they their roster does look good on its face, and they are four and one. Um, so I wasn't necessarily wrong as much as I said I I didn't think they were going to be a very good team. Now, you you realize they're they're three and one over the week, and they're only four and one overall. They're five games into a 72 game season, so we certainly haven't laid down anything that's permanent. But good start for them. Uh, the 76ers are four and one. How shameful is it to a podcast called Respect the Midrange to have to talk about Ben Simmons and how defenses do absolutely not respect him at all from range? Um, and the thing about it is, and this is me being as mean as you'll ever hear me be, Ben Simmons is lazy. If centers can add a three-point shot to their game, Ben Simmons can learn to shoot. And the fact that he hasn't, the fact that he's fine getting 21-9 and 7, you're going to be he's happy with that as long as they win. The moment they lose and the more often he has to stare down where he's standing 20 feet away from the bucket and there's no one within 15 feet of you cuz you can't hit that's some sad shit. Um, so they're four, you know, they're four and one, but they're gonna live and die by that. Because if the best you can come up with is a two in the NBA, you're gonna lose. I'm telling you, if they're counting three point shots as more than a two, you're gonna lose basketball games if that other team can readily hit the three. And there's pl- and tons of teams have straight shooters. Um, the Atlanta Hawks look really good. Well, as I told you, Trey Young's really good, and they loaded up on talent around the kid. Trey Young and Capella were my best one and five in the league, right? They started off hot. The Brooklyn Nets um, are only three and two, so we're not talking about world beaters so far. Uh, but they've looked really good. And what did I tell you, right? Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, <laughs> you know what I mean? KD's back. Uh, speaking of mid-range, um, and then you've got Prince and 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 Allen, uh, and their bench is Dees. Um, and then you look at Boston. Boston again, a deep squad. Uh, Tatum's sort of not 
quite doing what I thought he would do. I thought he'd be the guy scoring 40 or 50 points tonight. Uh, it's Jalen Brown. And then people are starting to wonder what that kid would do on his own, right? Um, the Cavs, uh, I, just like I told you, Love and Drummond could be the best 4-5 in a league. Now, Love's, I believe, injured. Uh, but Drummond's been playing pretty well. And them little guards, Sexton and Garland, they can really ball. I uh, haven't really heard or seen much from Okoro. Um, Charlotte's got a couple dubs already. And I told you, uh, decent starting five, but I didn't feel like they had much. Or no, it was one of the worst starting fives in the NBA. But And they didn't really have much depth. Um, it When you're 2-2, two and two, you're sort of proving me right. Um Let's see. Uh, some surprises so far are, of course, like the Heat, the Bucks, the Raps are one and three. Uh, the Wizards and Pistons are zero and five. But again, the Wizards are, hadn't quite like had everybody healthy yet. I think I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Uh, and then the Pistons, you know, we'd kind of talked about the Pistons aren't going to be very good. Sorry, Adam. Uh, and then the Western Conference, you know, I told you the Clippers are going to be good. Hey, look, I told you the Suns are going to be good, right? I CP3 plus a shooter and DeAndre Ayton. It's just going to be a nice season for them. And they've got other bodies, too. Um, Langston Galloway can ball. Uh, of course, you got your Lakers. The Lakers are the Lakers, man. They're going to playoffs and they're going deep. I Again, I'm, I'm not confident in them repeating. Because I don't think that team is good enough outside of LeBron and AD, and those guys got to sit down sometime. Uh, teams have already put it to them, and then the Kings are a little bit of a surprise. But I've been I've been talking about De'Aaron Fox, it's scaring the shit out of me. He's so fast and he's lethal. Um, <clears throat> the Pelicans already have three wins as well. That was that team I told you that was the gutter of the Western Conference last year, and I told you they're going to be very good. Um, Sam Van Gundy's a great coach. I love J.J. Redick. I listen to his podcast. And then you've got, like, Tatum got ejected last night, and I still can't figure out why. That dude's the nicest person ever. He certainly was going for the ball, and the dude just made a nice move and got his head taken off. Um, and then the Spurs have a couple wins. That team looks pretty decent. Um, the Blazers have a couple wins. Uh the surprise here for me is Golden State has a couple wins. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Uh, Oubre is no Clay Thompson replacement. I think he started 0 for 17 from three-point land. Um, the Utah Jazz uh, are going to be good, man. I'm telling you, they're going to be good. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, that's a that's a good duo. Um, and they got other bodies, too. Mike Conley out there. Uh, and then Minnesota has got picked up a couple wins already, uh, and that's good for Carl um, Anthony Towns. That's good for Minnesota as a franchise to start off the season with a couple wins uh, to build confidence. Um, again, we're not expecting them to be world beaters, but it would be nice to see a lift from them. Uh, that organization's been on the down low, and we all know Carl Anthony Towns has had a rough ride. Um, Houston uh, just got their first win yesterday. Uh, I told you they're going to be real tough, right? Like, um, John Wall's a great guard. Uh, James Harden is second best player in the NBA, third best player in the NBA. Um, and then DeMarc Boogie, I didn't, I just, I guess it didn't register because he hadn't been playing. Uh, they're working him the rotation now. Uh, but DeMarcus Cousins, man, that's a trio, just like Phoenix. Um, 
and it's all about them bodies, uh, the mother bodies. Um, obviously, surprises: Denver at one and three, Memphis at one and three, Dallas at one and three, Oklahoma City Thunder at one and three. These are all playoff teams or near playoff teams. That it's just a shock that, that they're one and three at this point. You'd have thought better of them, um, but yeah, the the Western these these conferences um, are going to be competitive. It's just that the Western Conference has teams that aren't going to go over. Right, the the Wizards and Pistons are gonna give games away primarily due to defense. Um, the Wizards can actually score; uh, they just can't defend. Uh, so that's gonna be a problem. And then let's kind of look at league leaders. I always think that's really interesting. Um, the Atlanta Hawks have the highest scoring offense in the league, but ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets, Lakers, Rockets, Nuggets, Bulls, and Pacers. So Pacers are a top ten offensive team. Which again, this is me eating crow because I I'd said I didn't I didn't know how the Pacers are going to fare. Given I felt like other teams like had guys coming back or you know what I mean. Um, and then let's look at opponent uh, stats. This is uh, points against. Um, Phoenix Suns, best defense in the league, and the Pelicans, second best defense in the league, and then the 76ers. And it's no surprise, right? Embiid and Simmons, um, they're going to lock down uh, a team. Uh, Phoenix is a little bit of a surprise, but they have a good bench. So when you have a good bench, you can play good defense. Um, And you look at the Pacers are, you know, sixth in the NBA, um, in defense. So again, I'm I'm super happy with the way the Pacers have come out. Um, they're doing even better than I thought they would, um, and we'll see what happens, uh, how the Pacers react without T.J. Warren. Now, um, let's see here. Huh, that makes me kind of happy though, because if you do look at best in the league, so like top ten, what I say: Kings, Wizards, Pacers, Bulls, Nuggets, Rockets, Lakers, Nets, Bucks, <gasps> Hawks, and then look at the best defenses. So Lakers are Hornets, Cavs, Jazz, Pacers, Knicks, Raptors, 76ers, Pelicans, Suns. So just Pacers, Lakers. Top 10 in both is what I was thinking about. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Let's see. Let's look at individuals like league leaders. Um, Jalen Brown's got the most field goals. He's been lighting it up, bro. Um, Harden's averaging 37 a game. Miles Turner's averaging 4.2 blocks. Let's see. Drummond's 14.8. Jokic, 13.5 assists a game. Jimmy Butler is averaging four steals a game. Uh, Wind shears for 48 minutes. Trey Young, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Cam Johnson out of Phoenix. A Duke prospect, right? Do you play for Duke? Am I crazy? 
Oh, UNC, sorry. Those, yeah, that's... Cam Johnson's a player favorite in the NBA. When when share it, we're looking at win shares per Trey Young, Joel Embiid. Let's see how Indiana looks. Um, 229, 225, and then go look up at Winchester for 48. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Pacers have players but yeah, um, the the teams I said were gonna be improved, the Suns and Pelicans look good so far. Um, the Pacers look better than than I said they were gonna look. Much of the Western Conference is as normal, right? Um, very competitive. Every team in the Western Conference has a win. Um, there are two winless teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I hope that the NBA moves towards just top X teams based on record, make it to the playoffs. Um, I do feel like it would squeeze out some of the lower chaff in the Eastern Conference, but that's just the way it is. Um, and I think that over time it will improve. So I've had people ask me, like, is the NBA going to get any better? And I think Adam Silver uh, and his track record is proof that the NBA is going to get better. Um, I expect, uh, obviously, we're going to have a, a remote all-star weekend. Um, but I expect the NBA um, to do things differently, to consider expansion, to continue to raise the floor of the talent pool, um, which will in turn help raise the ceiling. Uh, I've thought about going to, I think it's called Basketball Without Borders, um, sort of like contactless basketball camp. It's in Chicago in February. Um, but, yeah, I'm real excited. NBA looks competitive. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, 86% of people polled preseason thought that the Lakers are going to repeat. And they they very, very likely repeat playoff LeBron is a completely different animal there's no such thing as home field advantage anymore um, there aren't fans at games and I just think you find out who is a is a goon that just can roll up and play anywhere don't need fans don't need the hubbub you know, I think last year, the playoffs, the, you found out who guys were, right? Jamal Murray uh, comes to mind immediately. Lillard, LeBron, AD, obvious. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, the hero and Duncan Robinson, the twins. 
really came alive and showed you they can ball. Um, and the, and obviously you want to see these teams at their best, right? So Pacers starting off hot and losing a key starter uh, doesn't bode well. Uh, frequently teams, you know, if you've known you've taken my content for football, you know how big I am on consistency specifically in the starting lineups. Um, and it isn't that you can't change your starting lineups. When you're losing guys to injury and forcing guys that aren't used to playing a bunch of minutes to get in there and play a bunch of minutes, uh, I'd ar I've already kind of noted on social media uh, I, conditioning isn't quite there for these guys. And the reason is because of the short layoff. Um, if you've ever played basketball, you know, when I was a little kid and I played like AAU ball and we had to play like two or three basketball games in a day, uh, I felt like I was going to die. And it's not even that these guys are playing games in a day. It's that as you get older, you get like naturally heavier um, and harder to, you know, move that bag of bones around. So the more minutes, you know, when you, you're playing like a really tense sport where, you know, you flinch and it's over for a lot of these, for a lot of shooters, right? You can't make any mistakes. You got to play a hundred miles an hour. You got to be thinking even faster, uh, which, which is great to see, you know, uh, the, you know, and there are teams in the NBA that have different styles and, uh, there, you know, the the own the old style basketball is still kind of being played. There's tons of teams that are attacking on the interior, getting your bigs in foul trouble, and then once you put your backups in, and we can sub our backups, our guards are gonna run your guards down. Um, that's how teams would play on the whole. Um, it, so we talk a lot about basketball evolving and changing and how it's a positionless sport and these teams don't run offenses and it's all ISO and that's not what it is when I watch it. It's a lot of transition ball. There's a lot of uh, fast break play. There are more steals. There's more There's more unnecessary turnovers, right? Um, but the game, the game at a high level... Uh, isn't being played flawlessly. The guys that are doing the most look like they're putting in the least amount of work until they have to. Uh, and Damian Lillard is a really good example of someone who doesn't look like he's working very hard, takes very limited movements. And I get it. He's trying to save as much energy as he can until, the, until he needs it. Right, and then he has to have a bucket. There's no time left on the clock. He has this little spot uh, on the left baseline that if he can jump from that spot, he could shoot that shit with his eyes closed, and it's going in. It's about 12 feet out, um, and so that's something I want to offer as a, a a thing for your confidence for young basketball players. It sounds silly, but it's a mental thing. You're going to find a spot. I found a spot when I was in high school. Uh, the left wing. Just, well, between the left wing and straight on. So I'd call it like a 70, 75 degree angle. Um, I could hit it off the dribble. I could hit it off a screen. Um, I could walk into it. I could step back into it. Um, and then I could also, because... 
people started to step out on me. But I'm only 6'3", and I played against guys that were bigger than me my whole life. I could also hit the left baseline, the left free throw jumper. So one or two dribbles, stop and pop. Um, and again, didn't matter how I got there. If I could shoot from that spot, it's probably going in. Now, the problem as a result of me being a mid, what you call a mid-range player, uh, and a young and a and a six three and you can ask my friends right who I'm sure listen to this podcast because uh, they've all hit me up. Um, I couldn't hit a layup to save my life, right? Which is crazy because I should have been one of like bigger people amongst my friends and should have just been able to power in a layup. But I hated the contact because I just it distracted me, get fouled, just hate. Ugh. I'd rather drop a three on you. Uh, shoot a jump shot. Nothing but the bottom right. Um, and it, when I started taking basketball real seriously, when I was at Purdue, I was at the Kirk every day, lifting, eating eating right, uh, and make sure I was playing plenty of basketball. Um, those things, y- you can get taken away from you, right? They'll, they'll get you off your spot. If they, you know, especially when you're playing in a co-rec, right, every day, eventually guys, hey, don't let him shoot from there. Don't let, he'll hit that every time. Don't let him shoot from that free throw line. He'll hit that every time. You know, eventually we'll come back to that. And then part of being a good basketball player is hit from everywhere. Because I believe that now more than ever. If Demonis Sabonis is adding a three-pointer, having already being like a, a 21 and 10 guy or a 20 and 10 guy is now capable of a triple double and can hit 30 on you and can shoot the three and he can handle the ball and he rebounds and he blocks shots and he gets assists and steals like we're talking about like a LeBron like player um, which is great for not great for the Pacers great for the league um, gosh I hope he can stay healthy um, and w- wish that to every player in the NBA uh, don't certainly don't want guys coming down injured um, and I think we've been pretty lucky so far. Uh, I have noticed guys are starting to get rest early, you know, with that quick turnaround. LeBron's already sat a game, I believe. AD's sat a game. Um, just to try to rest them. Uh, I think KD's missed the game. Uh, you know, uh, Wall was... I think it was his first game yesterday, and they won. And I know, man, James Harden has been upset. Speaking of Masters of the Midrange, um, man, he uh, he'd been playing out of his mind, shooting out of his mind. He's a great teammate, and the thing you know how someone really cares is how you act when you lose. Um, I can't stand losing, dude. I'm a big baby. I will thrash and kick and complain and whine, um, mostly mostly because. Uh, when you put your heart and soul into something, you expect a positive outcome, right? Um, and hopefully people see that when they listen to my podcast. Is I really do, you know, I didn't create a podcast to make money. I haven't asked for money. I'm, we're not creating merch, right? That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to offer insight and direction and to offer, hey, tell me your basketball stories. Um as I've said, I you know I, I'll tell you a basketball story and then we'll kind of and we'll get out of here so I can watch some sports. You got games in about a half hour. So when I was a little kid, 
I've talked about, you know, I grew up outside Chicago. My dad used to take me to games, all this stuff. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit. So um, I went to Paul Hadley Middle School, which is Mooresville High School's uh, one of their middle schools or their middle school or whatever. And when I was in middle school, you sort of play teams that are from your area. And Mooresville is on the southwest side of Indianapolis, just south of like Avon, Ben Davis areas. So I'm alluding to uh, when I was in seventh grade, we played Ben Davis at Ben Davis. And uh, I remember going to the game and the kids were, other kids were scared. Um, not because we were going to play against uh, black kids, but because... Ben Davis has James Banks. Um, for those of you that don't know, that aren't my age, uh, James Banks was Mr. Football in 2002, I think. Uh, went to Ben Davis. Went to University of Tennessee to play quarterback. But this is a basketball podcast, so it's still a basketball story. In seventh grade, we go to play at Ben Davis. Team was scared on the way there because of James. And I was like, Why? And they were like, because he's a grown man playing, like, seventh grade basketball. I was like, what? And we get there, and the dude was 100% out of his mind. Um, he was muscular. He was bigger than us physically. Uh, about the same size, though. Like, you know what I mean? He was, we were the same height, but he was much more muscular. And then... Um, about seven seconds into the game, he caught an alley-oop and tomahawked it, and the place exploded. Uh, and we got our asses kicked by like 50 points because everybody was real super intimidated. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that story. And it's kind of dumb, and you're sitting, you know, you're an adult, and you're listening to that story like, so the kids were scared because you're going to play against a really good athlete early on in, in sports, seventh grade. And the kid hit a alley-oop to start the game. And then we proceeded to get our asses kicked, mostly because we were intimidated. Uh, and that the reason I tell that is no one dunked in a basketball game until I got into high school. Right? Um, this is a really good reason why uh, I want to get into coaching. The problem is that we didn't have anyone that could jump like that. And for the record, uh, James Banks was somebody that I communicated with throughout high school. He didn't do drugs. He didn't do steroids. He didn't even take protein, creatine, stuff like that. He was just a natural, badass athlete. Um, he really was. And he had it all. Speed, acceleration, strong... He could jump out of the gym. Uh, he was a quarterback on a football team and on a basketball team. Uh, played guard. Uh, now, no, not a great scorer, right? So couldn't t really shoot the ball. But you can imagine when you can fly, who cares if you can hit a jumper, right? When you're in like seventh grade, right? You want to hit that alley-oop, right? NBA Jam style. Um but the reason I tell that story is as a coach, right, as somebody who wants to get the best out of other people, 
um, we need coaches that are going to help these kids now become better athletes based on their body type uh, and design you know it's almost like you become a nutritionist you're 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 teaching them how to work out in addition to teaching them how to play a sport uh, all while trying to grow them mentally um, but one of the things that I want to make sure I keep hammering home is if you focus on your conditioning and you focus on becoming the best athlete that you can be you're gonna win a lot of games just because your conditioning and your speeds better you're a better athlete you're stronger you are able to play at a high level longer um, because you know they keep saying you know football is a game of inches basketball is basketball is just as much a game of inches frequently these games come down to one possession and then if that last shot up is just a couple inches to the right it falls and it's a completely different outcome um, you can separate yourself from the crowd because every level I played at kids could shoot when I was a little kid but there weren't great athletes everywhere and the, the older I got the guys that separated themselves from everyone else were the great athletes and then, Avi, the guys that make it to the, like, the NBA, are the guys that have high levels of both. Not only are they a great athlete, but they're a great basketball player. And it doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. I just shared a story with you about James Banks that could dunk a basketball in seventh grade and was Mr. Football and went to, to University of Tennessee to play football. So even someone who could dunk a basketball when we were in middle school, eh, just a really good athlete. Not that great a scorer. Pretty good defender. Right, tough. Could dunk, sure. Couldn't hit a jumper. Probably not a great free throw shooter, right? And those are the things that, you know, as basketball players, when I become a coach, these are the things that I want my kids to hear me say up front before I ever got a job, before I ever even finished that little stupid little education certificate, right? The things that you can control are your conditioning and your athleticism and your availability, right? Those things are firmly under the player's control. My job is to put the put each of you in a position to do what you are best at as often as possible while managing the fact that you know I've got 15 people on this team you know in a high school basketball NBA is 15 players right you got 15 guys I want to play a lot of players I, I, I want to be able to rely on getting uh, p full platoons some time because we're so far ahead and we do things the right way and you do this you, you know you say you want I say I want to do that you do that during the regular season so everybody's gotten a good amount of time on the floor and because remember I started this thing off by saying the teams that play the game win more games right so so far we've got a pretty good base for coaching right take care of uh, your mental health right 
take care of your grades. These are things you can, you know, your mental health can't necessarily control that, but you can, you can seek treatment. You can go to therapy. I go to therapy. My wife and I go to therapy. We're fully adjusted adults. These are things you should do, right? Go to the doctor. Make sure you're taken care of. Um, make sure you have a good diet and exercise plan that you are pushing yourself forward to become a better athlete, right? That you keep track of everything. Keep track of what you eat, keep track of what you exercise, what you watch, right? You have you're building good habits, right? And then when it comes to the actual game itself, speed kills, your conditioning is king, right? The the simpler game plan I can put in front of you, the more digestible it becomes, the more you believe, the more you execute, right? Too often, from sports programs to places of employment, they jam a bunch of information down your throat, right? And you're never going to use 98% of it. I can tell you, like, as a coach... You can do the same thing to your players. You just overload them with information. And then they're no good to you when they're confused. Um, so that's what my prerogative is now that I've got actually gotten an opportunity to coach. Is to go in and say, hey, I want to make it simple. I want to I wanna make your life easier. How do I make your life easier? I tell you, hey, I've played sports at a high level. And the things that separate... Good players from great players are speed and conditioning. What does that mean? It means you have to have a good diet and exercise plan. That means that you have to be focused on your conditioning. You got to be doing it right, right? Think work harder, not work smarter, not harder, right? My goal is to help you do that. I'll help you with the nutrition plan. I'll help you with the exercise plan. Um, you know, we're only meeting once a week, right? You got six days a week that you could be improving as an athlete, as a football player, as a basketball player. Watch, play. You know, I like, I think that I really do believe that 2K is an instrument. It's taught me a lot about basketball. Um, it's, you know, it's taught me not necessarily to force things um, and to look for openings um, and to try to be unselfish. Because you're going to get yours, right? Um, you should be unselfish. Uh, one of the things I joke I joke about is, you know, my wife and I are poor. Um, I've recently got an opportunity to start an all-state agency. And I was in a meeting last week thinking, man, this kind of goes really slow. And realize, and ask the question, like, what do most people do that own this agency? Because there's less than, less than 50 of us in the United States that get to start an all-state agency from home. And um, everybody else has a day job. So I'm in search of a day job. And I've kind of realized, and this is a, as much a life lesson as it is a lesson about sports. You cannot just wake up one day and decide that you want to do something flatly you have to have a background in that in order to be actually able to get a job in that most of the time whether it be education or direct experience or both so of course I can't come from sales management retail management inventory 
working in business, right? Having started my own businesses, help people start theirs. I've got an application uh, that my buddy came to me with an idea that production starts today. I have an application that I'm working with the same developer. It's a, just a different project altogether. So I have an app that I'm whiteboarded on. Um, I own my own Allstate agency. Uh, not only do I create this podcast, so if you would follow the podcast at Respect the Midrange, uh, I try to use social media in conjunction with my podcast. I'll, you know, hey, here's the image of my, you know, my Apple, my little notepad where I wrote down all the basketball games I watched last week. I'm going to write down all the football games I watch every week. I'm going to write down when I play 2K, the things I learn. Um, and it's not just about 2K, right? The game, it's about what did you learn about yourself or about basketball. I'm not satisfied scoring is what I've realized. Like, it's not enough for me to hit the high score. I want to do all the little things. That, you know, it's like I'll never play, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five is the only RPG I have ever played straight through the story. This is mostly because some of the missions would just straight up get you killed, and I wasn't about that life. But outside of Grand Theft Auto Five, that's the big thing I love about RPGs is that there's side quests, there's other things that you could be doing that make you actually a better player, right? And I'll say it like this: um, I have four characters that I gr- I grinded them all to level 90 on the newest NBA 2K21, and they're all guards and forwards, so four or under, right? Ranging from six three to six eight, okay. Um, I have a bullet guard, something I would call like 99 overall speed, um, that is supposed to be like a little Kobe. Um, so he's really a good ball hand, nifty ball handler, uh, and can score, uh, not really a perimeter scorer, more of like a, a in the lane guy, um, and plays a little defense. I have a 99 overall three point shooter that can score at will. I have um, a, a shooting guard um, that's a great ball handler and passer and scorer. Plays a little defense. I have one that's a three. So I have uh, the same player that's just a little bigger. In fact, he's like 15 pounds bigger and same height. Um, but one of them is more offensive minded, one of them's more defensive minded. And then I have a four, a pure four that's like six eight, two forty seven, that is a dunker. So super good. If they touch the ball in the paint, it's going in. And then the other end they're just a lockdown defender all the way around. Um and a good rebounder. Um and I tell you all that to say I've learned there's situations where there there are guys that I've met on 2K that I play with that, oh, okay, this guy shoots a lot of threes and he misses them, so I'm going to play as this four that gets a bunch of rebounds to complement, right? Oh, I have this buddy that has this playmaking shot creator that doesn't fucking miss. I want to play the guard that's a passer so that I at least get the assist, right? Um, And then, you know, let's say I have a buddy. I do have a friend that has a... uh, like a five, 
well, like a big three or like a, oh, not big three, but like a, um, a scoring ball handling, uh, bigger player complements a five. Well, cause then you're, you're playing together more on the interior, for example. Um, and then, like I said, that pure score is good. If, if the guy you're playing with, let's say he has a paint beast center, well, you're probably gonna have a pretty good time if he's doing well and you're doing well, cause you're scoring, he's preventing the other team from scoring. Um, and then the only reason I haven't built a center really is because I don't have anybody to play with that a center would complement what they're doing. Unless uh, it's one of the people I met playing twos, but I don't play twos. I like fives. I'm a five-on-five player. But what I've realized are why I built these players in a specific order, right? At first, I built the pure shooter, the 99 overall shooter. And the problem that I have is that if you can, and this is at the Hall of Fame difficulty level, you can shoot and you can score, but you can't rebound, block shots, get steals, uh, do other things that are going to win you games. Um, and so the team did not win an NBA title. So one, I was a scoring champ. Was the, I was the league MVP. Gonna be league MVP most of the time, but we didn't win the the NBA title, and it's because my player could only shoot. That was it, master of the mid range, but worthless a wet paper bag on defense. Not a great rebounder, not even a great passer, ball handler. Got my shit stolen a lot. So then I built the bullet guard, the 99 overall speed. Because when I was playing as the pure shooter, the pure shooter is 6'3", 195, and pretty quick. So I noticed while I couldn't handle the ball very well, I could just shoot the rock. Um, What if I built a character who could shoot the ball really well, and then instead of focusing on shooting, and it wasn't because I felt like shooting was good. I I feel like shooting's broken in 2K21. 2K20, for my money, is a better basketball game. Um... The shooting is much more balanced. Uh, basically, you can hit at an earlier stage. At, you know, and t- when it comes to 2K for me, I can't hit 50% of my three-point shots unless the in 2K21 unless it's like an 83 pointer. Well, in 2K20, you can hit threes at like 70. Um, it just shouldn't be a major part of your game plan. And I can appreciate what both games are saying. But I don't agree because you can add the three-point shot, right? Um, so that said, I built the bullet guard and then took it into the wreck. And the problem is that the you may have 99 overall speed, but if that player that's guarding you is bigger than you, you're going to have a hard time scoring on them. So that kind of feeds my Ben Simmons theory, right? Ben's a big boy, but he gets up against another big boy that's going to nipple to nipple, pound for pound him. He's going to have a hard time scoring if that guy's going to give him any hell on the inside. Like a Jimmy Butler, I would, I kind of want them to go against, go at it. Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons. Um, because I think Ben Simmons eventually is going to have to pick up a long-range shot. Or at least a J. 
because they they don't respect you. And like I said, ultimately you do not win games where your team does not shoot the three effectively at all, and your opponent does. Um, so that, for my opinion, in 2K21 is where 2K kind of screwed the pooch. Um, I'd even argue, like, I try to build, like, a balanced player, and you put that balanced player on Hall of Fame mode, and you can't hit a dunk, you get blocked, and you can't hit a jump shot, because they ain't, jumper ain't good enough, can't hit the three, it's not reliable enough, can't play D, it's not good enough, so you've really got to kind of polarize yourself in 2K21 to get any sort of production. And I'd go so far as to argue that investing heavily on defense is a fool's errand uh, as a main like having a bunch of badges and defense is not the play um, so after I built the bullet guard and what kept getting my shit blocked I built the four so I built the power forward and the more I pump stats into rebounding and blocks and steals the more I realize I need to be getting away from pumping all this into because the they're a good thief, but they don't guard ball handlers. They guard paint players. They guard fours. Their block is a 69, so like it's pretty good. It's maxed out for this 6'8 character, but you can't put paint, you know, rim protector on because he's... He's not big enough. There are seven foot centers in the league. You're giving up four inches there, plus inches on the arms, right? So you're you're just not able to block these guys. And then, uh, lastly, I started building the playmaking shot creators, the guys that could dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, because I figure if I can't build a character that gets a double double regularly, points and rebounds. Maybe I could do it with assists. Um, and I'm happy to say the happiest I've been in 2K was with a playmaking shot creator. Which, frankly, is where I should have been all along. Because when I first started playing uh, outside in 2K at the courts, um, the guys were like, oh, do you have a playmaking shot creator built yet? And I was like, no. And they said, that's what you need to build. It's the best build. Um, for If you're good at shooting... That's what you need to build. Because you can create your own shot, pass well, obviously shoot the rock. Um, my guy, I, I saw a build on YouTube where uh, the guy built a playmaking shot creator. And that one is the the shooting badges and the uh, playmaking, the, sh the dribbling and passing. Uh, the gold and green uh, badge cycles. And this is current gen... Uh, PlayStation 4, uh, 2K20, 2K21, because it's the same build. Um, so about 20 shooting badges, about 20 playmaking badges. On YouTube, Joe Knows put up a playmaking shot creator build with no dunk. It had no driving dunk. And instead it had nine defensive badges. Well, I just got done telling you that basically, unless the, well, with exception... Unless the statistic is over 70, there's no sense in putting uh, all-star or, or better badges on it. Because you're not going to get it. You Basically, you go from zero blocks a game to one block a game. Was it worth putting a Hall of Fame badge on? No. 
for um, an all-star badge, it has to be a min minimum 70 uh, statistics. So, for example, I have like a 70, 73 steal or something. on. It's going to be a 77 steal. It gains 10.5% at Hall of Fame or 115 whatever they put it on. Uh, and that means it's like an 85 steal. So that's a good thing to have Hall of Fame in. And I can confirm. I have an all-star stealing badge with uh, all-stars all-star pickpocket on a character with a eight with a a seventy-something steal, and it's two plus steals a game on Hall of Fame mode. Uh, where Hall of Fame mode with an all-star badge with a high steal, and then I have one with like a high steal with a pur purple pickpocket put that on Hall of Fame and the problem is he's a four he doesn't guard ball handlers so he's not getting steals so I had to put it on um, Interceptor in order to get anything out of it um, so yeah I just want to talk 2k a little bit because I think it correlates right you gotta be yeah you gotta be fast yeah you gotta be strong yeah you gotta be able to jump high you gotta be able to play defense. The bottom line is, and it, this correlates. This goes for all sports, right? And this is why I want to get into. So I'm, I changed my name on Twitter to Coach J, by the way. Uh, so if you want to add me at Likely Alien, talk about sports stuff. I post football, basketball, talk a little politics. Uh, I've done stand-up comedy, so I share that. I share impactful things, things I think are a big deal. Um, you want to follow the podcast at Respect Midrange, at Respect Midrange on Instagram, at Respect Midrange on Twitter. Um, you'll see the list of games I watched. Um, I post basketball stuff. But yeah, um, one of the things that I've started to realize, um, and this comes from my observation of greatness. Um, my whole life, I've dedicated time of mind to watch greatness whether it's you know and I'm trying to think specifically you know Michael Jordan Tiger Woods the Serena Williams uh, the the Williams sisters uh, LeBron Kobe um, there's there's so many um, over the over the course of history that I've gone out of my way to watch and you've heard how I, I watched Michael Jordan the dude Pratt worked his ass off, even when he was in the height of his career, four years into being an NBA player is when I first ran into him. Um, yeah, you got to work hard. Yeah, but you got to work smart. But the, at the core of all of this, and this is what I want to leave you with, the people that play more games win more games. Um the people that took the game up at an early age tend to be a little more developed than people that pick it up at a later age. Now, that isn't to say that today isn't the best day to pick it up, right? Um, the reality is, is the longer you've played a game, the more time you have on a court, the more uh, chances you've given yourself to be in this spot, the better you'll be when it comes around. Uh, and I liken that to when I was in the Marine Corps. We went to the range all the time. I was in the infantry. Like, we're the guys that have to be good at it anyway. Right? We went to the range once a week. 
whether it was to shoot the 50 cal or shoot your, shoot my rifle or go to the pistol range or shoot at night or do CQB shoots or you know what I mean so the people that are the best at things do them the most um, and I want to take my time with athletes and advise them as they play rather than drill them to death right um, what I'm getting at is I I spent too much time as a child going through drills and not enough playing basketball or playing football too much time uh, with a coach yammering than playing the game and I think that part of you know for example part of being able to dunk a basketball is running full speed at the rim and jumping but if I'm never in a position to do that because I'm doing all these drills that's why the greatest basketball player ever doesn't exist because he hasn't been trained properly. And the reason I get to say that out loud is because there aren't guys like LeBron. There aren't there aren't guys like Kobe or MJ. They don't exist now that play lockdown fucking defense that are impossible to stop on offense. Uh they don't exist. You know? You've got LeBron. You know AD. You know there's there you know if I talk about the Pacers, because I have a lot of family that live in Indiana, I talk about the Pacers. It's like Miles Turner plays really good defense, but he doesn't play it full time, and he's hit or miss uh, from the field, right? Now Sabonis is a triple double threat, and is but he's just getting started on that, so it's hard to put him up there with LeBron when the man you didn't really see that out of him last year. Not really a thirty point scorer. He was like a twenty and ten guy. Now he's handling the ball. Now he's shooting threes. He's telling you game can continue to develop. And that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing that these kids need to be taught. You aren't confined to what you already know. We can teach you more. You can learn more. You don't have to be, oh, he's a great great shooter, can't play a look at defense. You can learn to play defense even. Right? Um, the key, though, Above all things. So I'll leave you with play more, right, and you'll be better. Play play more organized sports, you'll be better at them. Do less, do the drilling and shit, that's fine. But man, parents, I get it, COVID, right? But you want your kids to be great at sports, they got to actually play the game. Play the game. Uh, get out there. Five on five, eleven on eleven, seven on seven, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but your kids got to play. Uh, can't just be sending them to camps. You know, it was one of the big things. You, know, my parents were pissy with me for not becoming like a super collegiate athlete because my parents paid for me to go to football camps. <laughs> you know what? If you'd have paid and put me in a different football program, I probably would have went farther. Um, but you know. I, I always joke and tell people when your baseball coach is also your athletic director, you ain't playing in college, bro. Like nobody's going D one out of that program. Uh, and frankly, nobody did. Uh, so, um, I think well after I left high school, Mooresville had a kid go D one. 
I know I think it was the athletic director's kid. Now that I think about it. Um, but the reality is, um, <clears throat> I don't intend to play favorites. I don't think you should. I don't think you should give in to who's on the school board. Um, I think you should. You should. Uh, the way I'm gonna run my basketball program is uh, I'm gonna have a special call out. Um, I'm gonna fire up open gym. I'm gonna have kids talk about each other. I'm gonna sit down with the older kids and say who's good at this game, and then we're gonna find out who plays well together. Um, but what I want to do is say, is say for example, I select a varsity team, a JV team, a freshman squad, but then I don't cut the other players. And I say, listen, we need ardent supporters, man. We need people that are there for us. We're going to have injuries. One, we're going to need to be able to have kids that are coming around. We need guys to rebound and practice. We need people to come to games and save us seats and stuff. Uh, again, we need like rebounders pregame rebounders at halftime um, and ultimately you get what you give right so if you know you don't make the team it can be discouraging it happened to me too hey you want to play another sport I'll help you do that um, I wrestled when I got cut from high school basketball team um, I got cut because I got hurt right and they were like we could just have a healthy person in your place and you could see if you can wrestle and see if you can repair your your ankle um, and just ended up being good at wrestling right you gotta do what you're good at you know even if it's not what you love right sometimes you gotta do what you're good at um, so yeah wanna kinda put it out there that I'm applying to go back to school I'm gonna be a coach I gotta have lofty dreams because I think that's the only way for me to really feel like I did something good is to do something that nobody else has done right uh, and that's to dream to be a an NFL and NBA head coach at the same time and a winning one right and the the you got to start somewhere so I'm going to start coaching uh, adult recreational football I'm going to go back to school and get a degree with a minor in coaching um, and then I'm going to get a job as an educator uh, with a coaching opportunity attached they're all they're available all over so I'm you know may not stay in Indiana um, but my goal is I want to work in the inner city. Um, I don't want to work um, in the cushy, all you know, all white community. I don't want to do that. I want to work where kids got it rough, and this is a way out for them. And I want them to know that they got somebody that has their best interest. Um, but yeah, I want to coach at the next level, but I'm not going to sacrifice. A child, you know, my relationship with a kid, you know, me, me doing something good for someone else. Um, I'm always going to do what's in someone's best interest. So obviously, let's say I have some like, success at the high school level, right? These kids got some real promise. And, you know, we get, make it far and then we're going to get a bunch of players back. And, you know, you got to stay with, the, you know, one more year, right? But then, you know, the next level comes calling, um, there will be some concessions made because more than I want to be an NBA or NFL head coach, I want to be a winning coach. And I think winning at all levels um, is important, right? So I would I would love to go co coach at the collegiate level after I coach for a while at the high school level. 
but I want to have success at the high school level, right? And not just be somebody that like wants to coach at the night. Like wanting to do something and having the qualifications and having had success at, at lower levels um, is sort of how you get to the next level. And you got to do it quickly. Um, and I think the quickest way to develop any group of people is to let them know that you care about them as people first, right? And that the things that are going to be important for you and f from me to you are things that you can handle on your own, that I can help you with if you need help. Um, ultimately, you could just Google it and figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think that as far as being a coach, you need to be there more as a, an, a friend and an advisor um, than a whistleblower that you know what I mean somebody that's blowing a whistle telling you what to do ordering you around uh, more than you need that you need someone that just has your back um, and wants to see you succeed mostly what I was been saying lately is I just want to see you go full speed right um, a lot of a lot of the people that you run into in life they ain't doing it as fast as they can and they haven't been and the difference between good and great is people that have done this at full speed and people just realizing what happens when they do shit at full speed. Um, and if you watch high-level sports, you can figure out, hey, he's right. This team goes full speed to the bucket. This team is just figuring that out. Um, and it has a lot to do about what happens in practice. Because what we're doing now, right, now that athletes are a precious commodity, right? Keep in mind, when I was a kid, let me explain this to you. Uh, my defensive coordinator in high school football told members of our secondary to put their helmet on our own offensive players helmets like hurt them in practice that person's still coaching we that means when I was in high school in practice I was getting headhunted by my own teammates that just happened to be on the other side of the ball at at being told that by a coach Hillegas so the reason I bring that up is that's not having your player's best interest. That's having your side of the ball's player's best interest. Um, and that person wouldn't be employed coaching if this story ever got out. Um, but I had in high school more people get injured in practice for sports then got hurt in games. And a lot of that comes from the environment that you're in, where I didn't feel like my coaches cared for all of us, just some of us. Some of us were just bodies. Some of us, though, represented promise. And I don't believe in coaching that way. I think you treat everybody well. Uh, I think that you should just be glad that people are willing to, you know, to basically sweat for you for free um, or they're paying to do it and I think as coaches 
we could be a lot more gracious. We could be a lot more humble. Uh, and that great leadership is not saying the most eloquent shit all the time. And sometimes it's just like saying the right thing. And I think, and I think that's what I can bring to coaching is I have a wealth of knowledge experience, right? I've been scouting, um, quarterbacks for a couple years. I've played sports beyond the high school level. I've, I'm getting into coaching. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to go get direct experience in it. Uh, and I want to document that just like I'm documenting, um, you know, making sure that I'm, uh, consuming basketball. If I'm going to sit and have a podcast about it, I'm not just going to sit and say, here's their records. Ooh, I can tell you cause I've watched the games, right? Um, yeah, I want to make sure that, you know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns that you get at me, that you, like I said, add me, add me at likely alien on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at Jared Malat. That's Jared, J-A-R-E-D, like the jewelry store, not the subway guy. My last name's Malat. That's Mike Alpha Lima Oscar Tango Tango. You can find this podcast wherever you do find podcasts. So if you're recommending me to someone else, just tell them. Dudes on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Google, um, iTunes. Uh, just look up Respective Midrange. This is episode three. Um, and then, like I said, hit up at Respect Midrange on Twitter, at Respect the Midrange on Instagram. Uh, if you have any questions, if you've got a basketball story to tell, uh, if there's a coach you feel like I should talk to, a book you feel like I should read, let me know. Uh, I'm going to start reading books again about coaching. Uh, I'll pass those good books along to you. Um, take care of yourselves. Happy New Year, as I've said. Um, Enjoy the games today. There's lots of basketball on all day. Um, like we said, respect the mid-range, baby. <laughs>